Chapter 3. First Impressions Matter More Than You Think How to Nail the Crucial Onboarding Experience There are few periods more important in a worker's tenure at your company than their first two weeks on the job. It's in this critical window that the tone is set for what a worker's relationship is going to be with their manager, how much support they're going to be given, and, in light of the previous chapter, whether they believe the promises you made during the interview process about your team culture and growth potential will ever come to fruition. To put it simply, the seeds planted during a worker's onboarding experience, whether seeds of optimism or seeds of doubt, will take root and influence how they view your company throughout the course of their employment. It's here that companies can either take advantage of a honeymoon period or give their new employee buyer's remorse. Unfortunately, many of today's businesses have opted for the latter, letting an unstructured, chaotic first few weeks build a shaky foundation between them and even the best candidates. When new workers see this, they assume this is just how business is done at your company and start asking themselves if they really want 12 more months of this. With so much at stake, it's vital that businesses recognize the importance of an intentional roadmap during a worker's first few weeks with the company. Yet the restoration industry finds this particularly difficult for a few reasons. Restoration is, by nature, a reactive industry. No one schedules a hurricane or flood weeks in advance, so technicians are constantly responding to urgent scenarios dealing with frantic customers, and often hiring on the fly. We've never met a company that didn't have great intentions when it comes to training and equipping new staff. But when the emergency call comes in, new hires are thrown into the thick of it, expected to learn by shadowing another employee. This leads to many workers being given information just in time, creating a dependency on those around them to fill in their gaps and an entire team of people who must constantly interrupt their managers or co-workers to accomplish their tasks. Scale this chaotic onboarding experience to an entire organization, and you've got the recipe for manager burnout, unproductive staff, poor quality workmanship missed career expectations, and employees keeping one eye out for a more structured work environment. So, when we say that the restoration industry finds onboarding difficult, what we really mean is that it often doesn't formally onboard employees, period. Without a standardized training program and a clear explanation of your company's best practices, your employees are playing the telephone game. An employee that's been with the company for 30 years might explain how to fix a water leak once, but by the time that explanation is conveyed to a new hire, it's been morphed and muddied. With so many fires to put out, management doesn't find out that their employees have been insufficiently trained until they're getting callbacks from insurance or complaints from customers of shoddy workmanship. How confident are you that an employee hired today in your organization would be given the skills they need to succeed in their role? How would they respond to that question? Do you have the courage to ask them? 
with their first two weeks, send the impression that they signed on to a company that is intentional, focused, and takes training and skill development seriously? Or would they be thrown into a chaotic environment and left to fend for themselves? If you're like most restoration leaders, you know that your onboarding process is not as structured as it should be. But what you might not know is how that's interpreted by today's workforce. So we surveyed workers about their first few days on the job to find out if this chaos-fueled onboarding process is working for them. According to the data, it's not. Who onboarding is working for and who it's not. The Restoration Workforce Survey asked employees how effective they felt their onboarding process was, and at face value, everybody seemed relatively satisfied. However, don't be deceived. There are alarm bells ringing below the surface, and managers ignore them at their own peril. Younger workers new to the industry, particularly office staff, reported much less confidence coming out of their first two weeks on the job than their peers. To quote one respondent, I was overwhelmed with information for my role. I was new in the restoration industry, so having all this information dumped on me right away was incredibly stressful. I didn't understand what I was being told, and everything was unorganized. It felt like I was expected to know everything and be ready to take a test. It was too much all at once. This theme is prevalent throughout the responses of millennial and Gen Z employees new to the industry. The restoration industry is a unique beast, and many workers felt like they were being thrown into the deep end before being taught how to swim. These environments create negative feedback loops that make it remarkably difficult to properly train and prepare new employees for the road ahead. Unstructured, chaotic onboarding experiences do a poor job equipping workers with the information they need to know to do their jobs successfully. And because the human brain is unable to retain new information well when under duress, the little that is taught during these employees' first few weeks often goes in one ear and out the other. Any restoration leader intent on growing and scaling their business can see the clear problem this creates. For those unsure about where to start, your workers once again have some key insights you won't want to ignore. Give me structure. Survey respondents were given the opportunity to sound off on what should have gone better during their first two weeks, and over 75% of them agreed that there was room for improvement. Chief among their complaints was that their training lacked structure and clear guidance. Instead, worker after worker told tales of being thrown into the middle of things, sent out to fight fires before being given the tools to do so. Unclarified role expectations, no background information on the type of work the company does, and general aimlessness over the first two weeks left a sour taste in these new hires' mouths. It is a very unique type of worker who thrives in unstructured work environments, and the data is clear. The majority of restorers are not that type of worker, especially during their first few weeks on the job. Many respondents also felt ill-equipped to fulfill their job requirements 
and wished their onboarding experience included more in-depth skills training or opportunities to job shadow other team members. In particular, many workers complained about all the job software they were required to learn in order to do their job properly and felt overwhelmed long after their training period had ended. It's important to note the workers who wished their onboarding experience had more job shadowing did not say, I wish I was thrown onto a job site and told I could ask the other technicians there if I had any questions. This is insufficient and does not equip the worker for long-term success. Instead, many respondents wished their computer training was combined with real-world training, where they could first be taught information in a safe environment and then see it put into practice out on the job site. To put it bluntly, workers do not want to work at a company where it feels like management and HR are winging it. Yet, that is the first impression many workers are given during company onboarding. Unplanned, unstructured training has the retention of a leaky bucket. Whatever you pour in will leak right out. More importantly, it leaves workers wondering, is this the company's way of doing things? And if so, do I want to be here? A Positive First Impression Workers had a long list of improvements they'd like to see in their company's onboarding process, but there were also some notable aspects of their first few weeks on the job that they didn't want to see changed. Given the importance of creating a strong first impression, it's worth doing a deep dive into what left new hires excited about their work environment and optimistic about their future with their new employer. According to the Restoration Workforce Survey, nothing created a stronger impression during the first few weeks on the job than positive interactions with other team members. Considering how critical a positive team culture is to young workers, it's hardly surprising that being greeted by friendly faces and being given the opportunity to get to know new co-workers was what many new hires found most enjoyable. Likewise, if workers had negative interactions with colleagues during the first week, that also left a lasting impression on them. Next, almost a quarter of restorers surveyed found the most exciting part about their first few weeks on the job to be the new skills they picked up and the rapid, not overwhelming, pace of learning. For those new to the industry, companies with structured, intentional training roadmaps left them feeling empowered and excited to bring what they were learning into the real world. One employee described their onboarding by saying, I loved learning everything that goes into restoration and how my role fit into that. I also had personal training from my manager every day, which went a long way. There is a clear, natural through-line between the reason a worker decides to work for your company and what fills them with the most enthusiasm and excitement during their first few weeks on the job. Is it a coincidence that the two most important factors to young people when selecting a workplace are team culture and growth opportunities? And the two things they enjoy most about their onboarding experience is team interactions and new skill development? Of course not. These workers came to your company looking for something very specific, 
and your training program gives them a clue as to whether they made the right choice or not. Managers and leaders reading this, be aware of your own bias. Many restorers grew up in an era that told them the restoration industry is tough and unforgiving, and day one on the job is your first taste of what's to come. These leaders might believe the only way to baptize a new employee is by fire, because after all, this is all I knew, and I turned out fine. The data reveals that young workers have no patience for this approach. They want to know they're making the most of their time, and companies that cannot show they're providing what the worker is looking for will find themselves with a perpetual now-hiring sign outside their front door. Creating a good onboarding experience It's a candidate's market right now, and your candidates know it. If their onboarding experience does not show glimpses of what was promised during the interview stage, they will assume that the job will also not meet their expectations, and their time at your company will crash before it ever gets off the ground. Employers that want to win with today's workforce need to radically alter their approach for this new generation of workers. Saying, it worked for me, so it will work for you, simply won't cut it anymore. And the leaders that ignore the facts and stick to old methods are doing so at the expense of their own success. According to the data, here are some of the changes you need to incorporate into your onboarding process to properly train new hires and show them you're serious about equipping them to succeed. Give your workers structure. New hires need to be provided with structure within the first hour on the job. This is your chance to infuse the worker with the assurance that their needs will be met. Then, and only then, can you begin to create a sense of enthusiasm for the job. New hires must know their company isn't just winging it. There's a plan in place to ensure they have the skills and information to succeed in their role. A few small changes can set a company up for success. 1. Communicate company values. From the onset, your new hire should be given a sense of what is most important to your company, what behaviors you value, and why you all collectively wake up in the morning. As Chuck Violand, principal at Violand Management, told us, ideally this should be communicated from the owner of the company. On the first day of employment, Every effort should be made to have the owner of the company spend time with the new hire, Chuck says. In very small companies, this might be the entire day. In larger companies, it should be at least the time required to cover the company's vision, mission, and core values. Your values are the foundation your company is built on, and this information will serve the employee in every aspect of their job. When they are unsure about how to proceed, they'll refer back to the company values. So these should be accessible and at the forefront of a new hire's mind. Organizations that truly model their values communicate them clearly and call them out when they see them in action. Likewise, these values are the guideposts for every corrective conversation you'll have with your staff. So new hires need to clearly understand what your company values and what it doesn't. Two morning meetings. At this point, morning tech meetings should be broadly adopted across the industry, 
as this is an effective way to get everyone on the same page daily. This also provides structure and routine to your new hires from day one. The potential problem here lies with veteran workers who have no interest in changing their habits. Many of them might simply say, yeah, I'm not coming to that. It will be tempting to let them off the hook, excusing their behavior as the way of the old guard. By doing so, you've not only made your operations worse in the short run, you've created a two-tier system where some staff follow the rules and some don't. It doesn't take long before new hires begin to include themselves in that category, and you've once again allowed an unstructured work environment to flourish that repels young employees and creates consistent headaches for your management team. Nip this problem in the bud once and for all, and make morning meetings mandatory for all staff. Even if the meetings are shift-oriented and only take 10 minutes, they will make a big difference in the productivity of your staff and will send the message to your new hires that you take proactive steps to eliminate chaos and bring them the structure they're looking for. If you're looking for tips on how to improve your morning meetings, check out the Morning Tech Meeting Podcast from Blue Collar Nation. 3. Monthly Company-Wide Meetings Beyond the short morning meetings, it's critical you are checking in on employees, listening to their questions, and resolving pending issues at least monthly. New hires told us that few things leave a stronger positive impression than great interactions among team members during the first few weeks. So take advantage of this by creating structured monthly gatherings for the whole company. Use this opportunity to highlight the previous month's wins, recognize employees who went above and beyond, and remind staff of your company values. These 30 minutes can make a significant difference in a new hire's perception of the workplace and determine whether or not they stick around for the long haul. 4. Become process-driven Employees want to be given the keys to succeed, and the number one request new hires had was more structure in their workplace. Companies that are serious about equipping and empowering workers have clearly documented the way we do things here for every role. Software tools like KnowHow, a hub for all of a company's processes, take this information and put it in the pocket or laptop of every employee whether they're out on the job site or in the office. This does wonders for new hires, giving them a clear roadmap for being successfully onboarded and gaining the skills they need to do their job effectively. It also gives workers in the field confidence, knowing that, even if they've never encountered a certain problem before, they have all the answers on their phone in a moment's notice. With an operating system like KnowHow, Workers in any language can access your standard operating procedures, taking away variability and inconsistency from new hires and seasoned veterans. Give your workers sufficient training. In the restoration industry, training is situationally driven and skills can't be taught all in one day. People learn by doing, and with such a wide variety of necessary skills, it takes time for a new hire to feel sufficiently versed in every aspect of the job. However, that is no excuse for insufficient training. 
If management is too overwhelmed by the amount of training necessary, then you can bet new hires are equally overwhelmed. What new employees need in their earliest days with your company is guidance and reassurance that they will gain the competency required to succeed in their role. Here are some of the changes you need to make to ensure new hires consistently are equipped with the skills necessary to bring the most value to your company. 1. Document the competencies required of each role. Before any hire is made, you should know what skills you're looking for. Once that hire is brought onto the team, the critical job of ensuring they're competent in the areas you've designated begins. If you don't know what success looks like, you'll have a hard time equipping your employees to be successful. Before a worker completes their onboarding, their manager should have an accurate understanding of what their strengths are and where they still need development to meet the needs of the role they're in. 2. Define the roadmap. If you know the skills each role needs, the next step is to create a clearly defined roadmap for how a new hire is going to gain those skills. Don't assume an employee is going to start day one with a full tool belt. Instead, define their development roadmap from the Your Hired handshake to their six month review. Their first day on the job, put this roadmap in front of them and show them how you'll be equipping them with what they need to thrive in their role. 3. Develop important relationships. Positive interactions with other staff members go a long way in getting a new hire more comfortable in their environment. According to Chuck Violand, because an employee's longevity with a company is closely tied to the relationships they establish within the first two weeks of employment, new hires should spend casual time with every member of their immediate team or department. Strike while the iron is hot and remind new employees, especially young ones, that if they care about a strong team culture, they made the right decision in choosing to work for your company. 4. Don't establish a relationship of dependency. Too many workplaces send their new workers off to a job site and tell them just to call their supervisor if they've got any questions. This gives your new hire license to not seek out answers on their own, but instead rely on more experienced members of their team to fill any gaps they have. These interruptions exponentially increase as you bring on new team members until you have a few critical linchpins your entire company is reliant on in order to complete a job successfully. You need to equip every member of your team with the tools to solve problems as they come up. This means ensuring they've got access to your company process library and know how to use it when they encounter situations they haven't been in before. Give your workers autonomy. The Restoration Workforce Survey asked workers where they go to when they need answers, and almost half of them told us they call up their managers. Most companies are proud of this stat. The truth is that it's a huge productivity loss. The mental habit being formed among workers is that if you don't know something, call your boss, interrupt their day, ask them to re-explain something, wait for a response, and then finish the job. This equates to hours of productivity lost each week. 
51% of workers polled said that their managers get back to them within 15 minutes. If you think that's something worth bragging about, think about the awful implications of this. As a manager, I always pick up, you may say. This essentially turns the manager into a call center instead of a valuable member of your team that has their own skills to bring to the company. How many restoration owners and leaders hired managers so they could just answer worker questions all day? None. Yet too many managers have sunk into this role, never giving any tasks of their own 100% focus because they're constantly getting interrupted by employees ill-equipped to solve problems themselves. How can your company expand if your managers are always running around doing the work you hired field technicians to do? The restoration industry has created umbilical cord relationships between workers and managers. And every time you hire a new worker, you are only draining your management resources. Don't confuse what works in customer service with what works in worker-manager relationships in the restoration industry. We have this mentality of, we always pick up our phones because, when it comes to customers, we absolutely must. We are dealing with natural disasters that require instant attention, and customers simply will not stand for a slow response time. But you shouldn't apply that mentality to your staff. Even the military has evolved in this regard. There was a time when, in the midst of battle, if the enemy took down the general, the troops would scatter. But now, soldiers are trained in principles and tactics, and they know how to function as segments, independently solving problems as they arise. Many companies in the restoration industry misunderstand the key functions of management. Rather than being a walking, frequently asked questions machine, companies must standardize their way of doing things, freeing up managers for the work of management. As management guru Peter Drucker explained, managers' role is to define, optimize, and manage processes and pursue growth initiatives for the company. Sadly, many managers find themselves as very well-paid adult babysitters. Your job is not to be a surrogate parent to your employees. In doing so, you're devouring manager capacity and setting your employees up for disappointment. They become accustomed to instant answers, never learning to think for themselves. When the day comes that a manager isn't able to come through for them, the whole system breaks down. The employee feels abandoned, your manager feels like a failure, and the job doesn't get done. Instead, equip employees with the ability to solve problems themselves, knowing their managers are there to support them, not do their work for them. Combining clearly defined process libraries with structured check-ins is the right balance of autonomy and syncing up. Employees know they are not left on their own if they get stuck, but are given freedom to figure things out on their own by consulting the company's SOP hub before bringing in other colleagues or managers. You, as a manager, are still touching base with them daily and have a clear line of sight on if they're thriving or if they're struggling in their early days and need more support. 
The goal of onboarding is about setting your new hires up for success. Workers want to know they made the right decision in choosing to join your company, and you've got an opportunity to get your relationship off on the right foot with an intentional onboarding process. The restoration industry is an industry built on chaos, but today's workers have no tolerance for unstructured, chaotic environments. Companies that succeed in providing clear roadmaps to equip new team members will find themselves retaining the high-quality candidates they attracted during the hiring process and turning B players into A players with development programs that give workers the skills they need, regardless of their starting point. Combine this with process libraries in every worker's pocket and structured meetings, and you've got a training program that not only finds diamonds in the rough, but makes diamonds out of the rough, too. Key Takeaways 22% of workers are asking for more structure in their onboarding. 15% of workers complained they were not given sufficient skills during their initial training. During their first two weeks, 40% of workers enjoyed team interactions. During their first two weeks, 25% of workers enjoyed learning new skills. To create an effective onboarding program, leaders need to provide structure, sufficient training, a vision of autonomy. A dependency on managers' availabilities is slowly degrading the workplace. If new hires don't get what they need during their first two weeks on the job, they will not stick around.